then we lose. I think that makes it even worse. You see, last week, it looked like Jesus was winning. Last Sunday was Palm Sunday. Jesus is riding into Jerusalem to the cheers and shouts of praise of the crowd. His disciples are on cloud nine. They're, they're, uh, uh, Jesus is riding into his city as a champion, and the disciples are in his flanks. It was finally happening. People were figuring out Jesus was something special. He was the the son of God. Soon everybody would be following him. And the disciples, well, they'd be his inner circle. They'd be kings of the world. But then those hosannas turned. The praises morphed into curses. The hallelujahs became crucify him. And they did. It looked like Jesus was winning, but no, the the Jewish religious leaders, they got their way. The Romans, they demonstrated that they were in control, and they put Jesus down, mocking and spitting on him and ridiculing him and, and, and beating and flogging and crucifying him, executing him right there with a couple other criminals. A spear in the side to make sure he was dead. The body comes off the the cross, hastily wrapped in some cloths, and thrown in a borrowed tomb. It looked like he was going to win. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, it said on the top of that cross, but turns out that was just more of the humiliation and mockery. So close. But then he's dead. That's where we pick up our story this morning in our text, the the gospel of the day. The friends of Jesus, those women, are on their way to the tomb. After waiting for the, the Sabbath rest to be done, they're heading there to pay their final respects, to perform their final duties, finishing up the burial preparations that they had only been able to start on Friday before the dusk of Sabbath made their work done. Luke, or Matthew, our gospel writer, explains so simply the uh, purpose of their visit. To look at the tomb. And that was going to be hard. Because everything they would see would just remind them of their loss. His defeat. What were they expecting to see? Well, for one, the stone, right, that giant rock that, that blocked the entrance of the tomb so that, so that they couldn't get in to take care of the body. It was there to separate the living from the dead, and that's what Jesus was. He was dead. There was the seal and the guard, further evidence that, well, the powers that be were way more powerful than they. The Romans were in charge, and they would have no making sure that those followers of Jesus could accomplish absolutely nothing. Death had won. And that guard was just adding insult to injury, another, another mockery, another slap in the face. Wasn't it enough they had killed him? But now think about this. Think about who wasn't going to the tomb that morning. We always hear about the women going, but, but where were the disciples? In, in fact, 
The other gospel writers talk about how those women were frustrated, wondering who was going to help them move the stone away. Couldn't they have asked the disciples to go with them and help? They, maybe they did. But we'll find out later, fear had conquered those disciples. They're locked in that room. They didn't even get up to, to go mourn that morning. So paralyzed by fear. And it probably wasn't just that. I mean, think about what they had done. There's probably plenty of guilt going on as well. If Jesus was alive, would, they, would he even want them? I mean, they had all deserted him. Peter had called down curses, swearing that he didn't even have anything to do with Jesus. They had all failed him. So guilt was claiming a victory that day too. And they were at home. Losers. Defeated. Where are you in this scene? I think we'd like to think that we would have done way better, right? We would have remembered those promises that Jesus has made. He said it again and again. He was going to rise from the dead. We would have been expecting it. But, but the reality is, the only people in this story who remembered that Jesus said that were the enemies. That's why they posted the guard. That thought was certainly not going through the minds of those women as they headed to the tomb with arms full of spices for a dead body. That promise was not beating in the hearts of those disciples as they were folded up in fear in their room. Why not? Well, Because what those followers of Jesus had just been through was, was too much. They loved him so deeply and they lost him so brutally. So all they could see was their defeat. Death had won. The, 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 the powers that be, the, the world's powers had, had conquered them. Fear was triumphing. Guilt was holding sway. And they were losers. We probably can't pretend that we'd be any different. Think about what happens when things go wrong in your world. Are there times when you're kind of like those women? Just having to do something, I'm just going to push through, I'm just going to do something, and, and it's all going to be hopeless anyways, but I'm just going to keep going. I mean, what were those spices for anyway? To make it not smell quite so bad for a day or two longer? What good is that? Death always wins that one. And every time we get so focused on, on, on what we are doing and our accomplishments and, and trying to prove how good we are, well, we're fighting that same futile battle, trying to, to push off the effects of death just, just a little bit longer. Or maybe sometimes we're, we're like the disciples, right? Just give up. Bury your head in the pillow and... Hope it goes away. Either way, losers. Until Easter. The gospel writer Matthew records, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. <clears throat> there was a violent earthquake, 
For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. That stone, that stone that separated the dead from the living, that stone was suddenly gone, rolled away. The, the, the angel sitting on it like victorious David sitting on the chest of the dead giant Goliath or the, the, the conquering hero with his foot on the neck of the vanquished foe. Death, where's your power now? And those, those mighty soldiers... They see the angel and they fall over like dead men. They fainted. The, the seemingly powerful were suddenly powerless. All of the world's powers are instantly put in perspective. And then the angel speaks. A message not to those fainted soldiers, but to those helpless women. To those followers of Jesus. To us. His message? Do not be afraid. Right. Do not be afraid. I mean, there was a reason those soldiers fainted, wasn't there? Fear. They were face to face with a blindingly bright, potently powerful divine destroyer. Remember, it was an angel that, that killed the firstborn of every Egyptian just by passing through. It was an angel that annihilated 185,000 Assyrians in a single night. And now an angel says, oh, don't be afraid. But his word has the power to make it happen, to defeat that fear, if they just hear it. So listen to the angel's message. Verse 5. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Jesus had promised it. They had heard Jesus say that he would rise again and again. But, well, life just got too hard to remember that promise. And so here is God's messenger reminding them. Do not be afraid. And he shows them the proof. Look, the place where he was, the tomb, it's empty. He's risen, victorious. Christ is risen. That means that death is defeated. The powers of this world are confounded. And fear, well, fear seems to still be holding on a little bit, doesn't it? If you keep reading, the angels keep talking and tell the ladies, go tell the disciples the message. And then as they're running back to tell the disciples, we see what's going on in their hearts. This is verse 8. The women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. Literally, the original Greek says that they were running with fear and with great joy. I mean, the joy was there. It was great. It was awesome. Hope where they had been hopeless, light in the darkness, a chance. But at the same time, there was fear because, I mean, this was just too much. Can you feel them with those emotions all over the place? Because you know those promises, right? You believe those things, and yet there are times when things happen in your life and and it's just too much. Emotions all over the place. Can God really use even this for my good? Do we Christians really win? I want to be strong, but sometimes, and we go from thing to thing with joy and fear. Doubt can be a real challenge. 
But notice, God doesn't leave them alone there either. And he doesn't leave us in our doubt. He conquers that doubt. Look at verse 9. Suddenly, Jesus met them. When they were spinning with the angel's message, emotions all over the place, Jesus showed up. And he speaks. Greetings. And just like that, they knew. Doubt had no place here anymore. And look at what they do. They fall at his feet in worship. How could they not? Keep yourself in this picture, right? Because you've been there with them, right? You know the promises that the angel reminded. And you know the struggles of dealing with the effects of death and, and, and the, 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 the sickness and the, the depression and the doubt and the, the power of this world's influence. You, you know all of that. And Jesus shows up for you too. When you open up his word, here he is with his promises connected with his presence. You come here where two or three are gathered together in his name, and sure enough, here he is with us. He comes to you with his gifts of baptism and the Lord's Supper and his word, assuring you again and again, destroying your doubt. And all that's left for us to do is worship. Doubt is defeated. But there's still one more thing on the list that we haven't dealt with yet. Remember, it's, it's the guilt. Those disciples back home, crumpled in fear and drowning in guilt. They knew what, what they had done. We need this dealt with too, don't we? Because we Christians don't always live so Christ-like. I know you try, right? You want to be good, a a good husband, a a good father, a, a good worker, a good whatever. But unless you tragically lower the bar of what it means to be good, you have failed. I know I have. You know what it is that tears you up inside with that guilt, right? Why did I say that? How could I have done that? Or why wasn't I there? Why, why didn't I do what I should have done there? How did we get here? How come the good doesn't come more naturally? Doubt can be powerful. I mean, guilt can be powerful. That's why Jesus became powerless. Remember on Friday, all those things we saw that looked like defeat? That was Jesus taking our guilt and the punishment it has earned. Jesus died on the cross to pay our guilt. To pay the the revenge and the abandonment and the death that our wrongs bring. He was exposed to public shame so that our shame would be erased. We are forgiven because the eternal Son of God died and then declared our payment finished. And then because sin was paid for, death could no longer hold him. And he rose victorious. Christ is risen. And just to make sure you know that this victory is yours, so that his disciples who were drowning in guilt would know that the victory was theirs, 
Jesus speaks again. The angel had just sent the women to go tell the disciples, right? And now Jesus sends the women with the same job. But notice the difference in the command. Verse 10, Jesus says, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Did you catch it? The angels had sent the women to go talk to the disciples. That's not what Jesus called them. Here for the first time in recorded scripture, because Jesus had won the victory and because that victory was theirs too, he calls them brothers. Not former followers, not deniers, not deserters. Brothers. They were not defined by their failure. They were defined by their relationship with Jesus. Heirs of everything that he won. Sharers of the throne with the risen and victorious king. Christ is risen. That means that you are victorious. Guilt can no longer convict us. Sin can no longer control us. Death can no longer contain us because Christ is risen. Scotty Scheffler won the Masters and that that changed things for him. He's now a Masters champion and he gets to take with him all the things that that means, right? That means that, that he gets to play in that tournament every year. He's got a lifetime invitation. He can go back to that beautiful course every year as long as he wants. He gets $2.7 million. He gets an invitation to that champion's dinner, the special meal every year just for Masters champions. He gets a, a trophy. He gets a little medal. And, of course, the big one, he gets to wear the green jacket, right? Friends, because of this victory... We have heaven. Something that Augusta National can only dream to mimic until the azaleas fade and the world goes on. We have an eternal inheritance far better than any dollar amount. We have that heavenly feast that our Savior right now is preparing for us. We have the crown of glory. And yes, we get to wear the sparkling white robes of Christ's righteousness because Through him, you are victorious. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise and confess our faith in our risen Lord using the words of the Apostles' Creed printed on page 13 in the bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we take this opportunity to give our gifts of thanks and praise to God in the form of our offering. 
And actually, I just skipped something. So we'll do the offering first, and then we'll sing the hymn. Uh, and as the offering is gathered, let's uh, um, uh, fill out the friendship registers that are being handed down the aisle. As you put your information in there, it better allows us to do what God has called us together to do. Encourage one another on toward love and good deeds. Let's sing, I Know That My Redeemer Lives, on page 14 of the bulletin.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have not forsaken us or left us to our own destruction, but kept your ancient promise to send a Savior. We praise you for his perfect life, his innocent death, and his glorious resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus is an undeniable evidence that you have triumphed over sin, death, hell, and the devil. Because of his resurrection, today is a day of victory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we praise you that through the gospel you have led us to know and believe that Jesus is our risen Savior. Today we say confidently, as did the angel, he is not here, he is risen. Preserve us in faith, raise us to newness of life. May those who are here today to hear this good news make it into a habit and join us week after week as we continue to rejoice in the victory that is ours through you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we bring before you in prayer Ukraine, currently engaged in war. However it may please you to do so, we ask you to intervene with your great power, act according to your great compassion, and bring all fighting to an end. Be with all who are suffering as a result of this conflict. And gracious Father, also be with those in our congregation and throughout the world who are suffering. Grant a full and continued recovery to Diana Mosley, Gail Cadwell, and all who have recently underwent surgery. Also be with Ruth Wong, Mike Smith, and all who are suffering from illness, disease, or various health problems. Comfort your people and remind them of your tender care for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of life, comfort all who stand at death's door. Comfort all who mourn the loss of a loved one who has died in faith in the risen Savior. Comfort each of us with the assurance that because Jesus lives, we too will live. Remind us all that the death of a Christian is not defeat. Because, Je because of Jesus, it is a day of victory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another. Serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Christ is risen. Happy Easter. I'm so happy to be here with you to, to celebrate together. We should do this again. Next week, 8 and 10.30, Bible study 9.15. Uh, so many opportunities to celebrate what it means that, that Christ rose for us and, and has given us this victory. So make it a habit. Um, we'd love to see you regularly. We've got all sorts of stuff. Uh, Wednesdays in the Word uh, kicks back off. We had our, our midweek meditations during Lent, but now we've got Wednesdays in the Word. So adult Bible study, uh, kids club, youth group, confirmation class for the middle schoolers, something for everybody, a great time in God's Word um, every Wednesday at 7. And we are starting a new Bible information class. So that is the class, really it's for anyone, um, but it serves as our new member class. It's a great way to find out what we're all about, what we believe and teach, um, because it's always what God's Word says. That's our bottom line. We always want to go back to what does Scripture say. So we do a class to say, hey, this is what we're all about. Twelve weeks, twelve key teachings, one each week. And we look at all the different things that are out there being said about whatever that topic is. And then look at what God's Word says and, and really dig in. If you're interested, please sign up. There's a sign-up sheet out there. If uh, you're here with a friend and you really think they should take it, sign up. But you've got to sign up yourself too. So, uh, and, and then I'll call everybody on the list and we will figure out a time and a day that works for everyone and we'll just do it that, that time each week. Um, so yeah, Bible information class. Kids, do you guys want to do some Easter egg hunting? Okay, so the kids get to follow Miss Paulina to, they're going to decorate their bags that they're going to use to collect the Easter egg. So Miss Paulina's there. Kids, if you want to go now, you can. I'll say a couple more things to your parents. They will not start hunting until the bell rings. So we'll get a chance to get out of here, and you can kind of uh, meet your kids at the, at the door. I'll show you where they are. It's uh, just all the way down this hallway. Um, the littlest ones will be hunting right on the other side of this window. So that's zero to three. Four to seven will be in the enclosed playground area over here. And then eight and up, they get the challenge of the hillside terrain and all the trees and stuff like that that they got to climb to find their eggs. Well, I don't know about climb, but uh, dig into. Um, so, uh, yeah, see the, the announcements in the bulletin for all the cool things we've got coming up. Vacation Bible School, soccer camp, the, the uh, away camps, uh, Camp South, and the International Youth Rally. Uh, a lot of exciting things going on. Am I missing something? It's in there. Uh, and come back and I'll announce it next week uh, if I missed it this time. Oh yeah, brunch. So on the other side of those doors, see we let the kids get out first so that uh, uh, you guys would have first dibs. There's some, a whole bunch of goodies in, in this room here. So stick around. Enjoy this beautiful day together. Uh, we, we'll watch the kids uh, hunt some eggs. So the bell's going to ring now. I th- no, let's, let's wait and let's not ring the bell until they're ready to hunt just so they don't get confused. Um, and then we can, we can really peel it. So, awesome. God bless your week as you live for him.